0: curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you, even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stopping. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet, for here is what the Lord has spoken to me. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the Shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Victor Christian Fellowship. This morning, it's an exciting day to praise the Lord and to glorify Jesus. He's the most exciting person you'll ever meet, and He loves you with all of His heart. Father, we're so grateful and thankful that we have a good God, and we can call upon Your name, and You hear us, and You answer us, and You show us great and mighty things. And we give You the glory and the praise and the honor this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord Let's worship together. this morning. Come on.
2: When you darkness finds for cover, when you Oh, we worship you in this way, We worship you in this way, We worship you, Jesus. Oh, we declare, we worship. Now let's declare together. Mountains are still being so Strongholds are still being God, we believe. Yes, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still.
1: Body right now, just reach up and receive it and say, Thank you, Lord, that I am healed because you're my healer. If you need help in your life, there's a helper here, a comforter, one who guides you and brings you into all truth. Just receive his help right now. You say, Lord, I need you. I can't figure this out myself. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance and direction. Hallelujah. There, oh, yeah, there's strength in this room. If you came in feeling weak, receive the strength of God right now. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Lord, we honor you because you are here. And whenever you're in a place, you bring every good thing with you. Hallelujah. We love you so much, Lord, and we thank you that you speak to us. My dear child, come and... Take my hand, and I will lead you to your promised land. There, I will help you stand against every opposition and against every foe. For when you listen to me, you will know which direction to go. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Today is Communion Sunday. So we're going to celebrate communion together. You know, communion is a family affair. And uh, there's something in this earth that is more valuable than all the gold in the world, all the silver, all the titanium, any precious metal combined can't compare with the value of this thing that it is the blood of Jesus. And I want you to know today that you are a purchased possession of God. The devil may have thrown you on the trash heap, but God saw value in you and he invested in you. Not only did he invest in you, he bought the whole lot. Yes. Let me read you some scriptures that say this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It says, you were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own so then honor and glorify god in your body and paul admonished pastors in acts 20:28 20, acts 20:28 20, he says take care and be on your guard for yourselves and for the whole flock over which the holy spirit has appointed you overseers to shepherd tend feed And God, the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. The blood of Jesus is the greatest commodity. Hallelujah. Gold couldn't buy you. Silver couldn't buy you. But the blood of Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus. Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. For you know that you were not redeemed ...from your useless, spiritual, unproductive way of life, inherited by tradition from your forefathers, with perishable things like silver... Or, or, I'm sorry, that's 1 Peter 1.18. 1 Peter one eighteen. Let me just read that again. For you know that you were not redeemed from your useless, uh, spiritual, unproductive way of life, inherited by the tradition of your forefathers... Which per- with perishable things like silver and gold, but you were actually purchased with the blood like that of a sacrificed lamb, unblemished and spotless, the priceless blood of Jesus. That's how valuable you are. You are priceless. All right, Galatians 3.13 now. Christ purchased our freedom. Hallelujah, and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that Christ Jesus, that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles so that we would all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. He purchased you so that the blessing could come on you. Hallelujah. How many want the blessing? The blessing is an empowerment. It's an endowment of power to prosper, to be fruitful, and to multiply. And then finally, Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. Revelation 5, starting with verse 6. And there between the throne and among the elders... I saw a lamb standing, and seven with seven eyes, complete knowledge, with seven horns, complete power, which are the seven spirits of God who have been sent on duty into all the earth. And uh, he came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, which is Christ, each one holding a harp and a golden bowl full of fragrant uh, incense, which are the prayers of the saints, God's people. And they sang a new song of glorious redemption. Everybody say glorious redemption. This was not a cheap work. This was a glorious work. Saying, worthy and deserving are you to take the scroll and to break its seals. You were slain, sacrificed, and your blood, with your blood, you purchased the people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom of priests, a kingdom of priests to our God, and they will reign on this earth. Glory to God. See, I've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. That was the, it washes sin away. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It makes you clean, holy, and pure, just like Jesus. Can you say amen? Yeah. All right, we're going to gather our elements at this time. So our elements are in the back. If you want to go ahead and gather the elements, and then we will take them together. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We, f- we thank you, Father, for the wonderful and precious blood of Jesus thank you for purchasing us and buying us and investing in us we're so grateful and thankful for what you have done for us father thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus thank you for the living word of God thank you for the grace that you give us We're so grateful and thankful, Lord Jesus. We look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. And we bless your holy and wonderful name. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Lord Jesus. We bless your holy and wonderful name. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Hallelujah. That precious blood of Jesus that was... Shed on Calvary. Thank you for the work that you accomplished in us. You've redeemed us from destruction. You crown our heads with glory and you satisfy our mouths with good things. Lord, you are good and greatly to be praised. Bless your holy and wonderful name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You love Jesus this morning? Did you love him last night? You're going to love him tomorrow? Amen. Don't stop loving him. Amen. Your love's going to grow for him. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 22, starting with verse 14. When the hour had come, Jesus reclined at the table. I like Jesus. He was cool. He was reclining at the table. He sat and preached on a boat and he reclined at the tables. And the apostles were with him. He said to them, I have earnestly wanted to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He's about to suffer and he's enjoying the fellowship of his friends at a meal. Representing what his body was about to go through. For I say unto you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken the cup, he had given thanks, and he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken the bread, he had given thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is uh, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant which is shed for you, which is my blood. So let us drink. And let's give God some praise for what he's done to purchase us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your holy and wonderful name. We praise you and glorify you and magnify you. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen.
3: There we
4: go. You know, I was thinking about communion just now and giving it to kids. Uh, there is a process of god's uh, God has order, and we are to train up a child in the way they should go, so even if a child doesn 't understand communion all the way through, the format of doing it is still becoming muscle spiritual muscle memory to them, so that later in their life, if they hear an instruction that says... If you're having this issue, take communion. They know exactly what what the instruction means. Do you see? So uh, I think it's important that kids. We got a lot of power today. I think it's important that kids uh, get to be in this environment and have uh, the formality and the format of what communion is, even if they don't understand everything altogether. But our kids understand. We we teach it around here. So, but it's just something I thought of. Uh, we had years ago. We had a family that wouldn't bring their children to church on Communion Sunday because they didn't believe children should partake in Communion until they understand exactly what they're doing. Well, I beg to differ.
3: <laughs> I don't think those kids
4: are doing too well today. I don't know. We haven't heard from them for a while. But I just encourage you, your kids, your grandkids, let them have this experience. Amen? Amen. Because it creates a frame of reference that they know what the spiritual things of God sound like what it looks like what it feels like what it tastes like so that they are convinced about it
1: when it's thought amen well you ready to speak the word we're going to talk about the power of the blood of jesus in our confession today so let's make our confession
3: there, there is power, power in the blood, blood of jesus,
1: of jesus. His, his blood contains the life and love, and love of god the blood, blood of jesus is more precious than, precious than silver and gold, and gold. For he is the unblemished and spotless Lamb of God. Through his blood we are forgiven and we have been fully redeemed from sin. The blood of Jesus is a shelter of divine protection all around us and we are kept safe from our enemy. We have faith in the blood of God's Son because it freed us from the guilt of sin and makes us acceptable to God and grants us eternal life. Jesus, filled with the fullness of God, has reconciled us to himself and has given us peace through the blood of his cross. Through Christ's blood we receive mercy, we are born again, we have a living hope, and we have obtained an inheritance from God. The blood of Christ through the eternal Holy Spirit has cleansed our consciences from dead works and has enabled us to serve the ever-living God. We We can can confidently confidently and freely enter God's throne throne by the blood blood of Jesus. Jesus. We We can can come come before God God in truth, sincerity, and confident faith. Jesus granted us access to this holy place when he he died on the the cross. We overcome the accusations of of the devil by the blood blood of the Lamb and our own personal testimony. testimony.
2: At At Victory, victory, our our vision
1: vision is to reach out beyond beyond our walls with with the message of salvation, salvation Hope and inheritance to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits.
4: Amen.
3: Good morning. It's good to see each one of you here today. I welcome you to the house of the Lord at Victor Christian Fellowship. We have, in addition to our regular youth meetings on Tuesday evenings and Wednesday night refreshing, we have some other announcements. So for the youth, we're having an emphasis this summer in going out into our community. So we have plans in place. We're, first of all, we're going to be meeting outside at the shed and making that our little hub to start, and then we'll come inside and cool off in the, in the worship inside. And then we're going to be going to the square at different times and praying for people and ministering to people in music and in prayer. And then we have some plans to go play kickball down here at Memorial Park, and we're just getting out in our community as a as a youth group and um, so come on out to Tuesday nights and you'll get filled in on on all the details for that we're calling it summer supreme twenty three all right so then um, Air Force is also going to Tampa Florida, several of us to their fire conference. So we're looking forward to that the last week of July. And the VCF commission club has a $12,000 goal for mission trips. So Pastor Doug has two already scheduled. Dr. Fiona has one scheduled. So we're on the move and you want to participate by praying for them and also by giving of your resources into the VCF Commission Club. And then, ooh, Andrew Taylor. I don't know, Reverend Andrew Taylor, that's his official title. He's a missionary. He's a, he plants Bible colleges in several um, Asia-Pacific islands and countries. And his wife, Anne, has an orphanage school in India so they are busy planting the word of God in the Asia Pacific area and he, they will be with us Sunday, July 2nd. So you want to come experience his anointing, his teaching. He's an he has a teaching gift and um we la- we enjoy having him here. In the past, you can look on our website vcfpa.org and you can look search his name, and you can listen to other times that he's been here um, on Sundays and Wednesdays probably, but if you search his name, it'll come up, and then you'll get a, you'll get that prior teaching before July 2nd. Sometimes that's helpful if you haven't met the person. So that's all the announcements for today. I bless you in the name of Jesus.
1: Amen. Lot of good things happening. You know, uh one of my uh pastors that I sat under growing up as a Christian, he always said the gospel is free, but the pipeline costs money. (laughs) And uh that is true. Hallelujah. But you know what? God is able to do it, Amen? amen. We have a Jehovah Jireh. How many have a Jehovah Jireh? I want to read a scripture to you from uh First Chronicles chapter 29, 1 Chronicles 29, starting with verse 1, 1 Chronicles 29 verse 1, furthermore, David the king said unto the, all the congregation, Solomon my son whom alone God has chosen. ...is young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord. Say, the palace is not for man, but for the Lord. He's talking about the temple, and today we make up the temple of God. The people of God make up the temple of God. Now notice what David did in verse 2. He said, now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God... David took preparation. Now, it was in David's heart to build the temple. He he wanted to build a temple. And he came up with the idea, and God said, you know, uh, no man has ever talked to me about building a temple. But David was disqualified because he had too much blood on his hands. So God chose his son Solomon to be the one to build the temple. But David had this thought. He said, if I can't build the temple, that doesn't mean I can't provide everything that the temple needs. Amen? Amen. So I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God. Notice he said the house of my God. Hallelujah. The gold for the things of gold and the silver for the things of silver. Brass for the things of brass. Iron for the things of iron. Wood, onyx stones, uh, glistening stones. And of diverse colors, all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Verse 3, moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I of my own proper good, that's out of his own pocket, amen, gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above All that I have prepared for the Holy House. Everybody say, over and above. above. David was a worshiper, he was a warrior, and he was a giver. And David loved the things of God. And he invested in the things of God because he knew that God would always bring a good return. So here at VCF, we don't pass a container, but we have a a container by our bookstore. And one as you come in, we call it the seed planter. You can give any time during the service. Everybody say, any time. I really mean that. And uh, if you're watching online, you can uh, go to our website, and there's ways to give that way. If you need to use a card, you can go to the bookstore. If you make a checkout, make it out to VCF, and you can put it in any time. There's envelopes at the seed planters there. So, Father, we give you thanks and praise as we invoke the blessing of God on your people today. We call them blessed. We thank you, Lord, that they give and they sow and you make their seed grow. And, Lord, you prosper them, protect them, and provide for them in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right. We got some awesome kids in this place and some awesome teachers and helpers. So, kids, we want to dismiss you to your kids' live class now. Kids, have a good class. to God. Well, I'm excited today. I've never been not excited sharing the word, (laughs) so it's pretty much a given, amen? If you have your Bibles today, I would like you to go to Genesis chapter 37, and I'm going to talk to you today about the manifold grace of God. This is the key to overcome trouble and to have good success. And we're going to see a type and a shadow today in the Old Testament that directly relates to the New Testament. And we're going to make the connection today. Amen? And we're going to talk to you about A man named Joseph. And in Genesis chapter 37, starting with verse 1, it said, Jacob dwelled in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. So just a note, Jacob dwelt in the land where his father walked. One generation walked so the other one could possess. Amen? Amen. Aren't you grateful for those who have gone before you and paved the way? Okay? Verse 2 says, these are the generations of Jacob. I find it interesting that the Bible says, these are the generations, and he lifts one son. Okay? Jacob had 12 sons. All right? These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old. Can you remember when you were 17? Remember what George George Burns said, I wish I was 17 again or, or I think it was 18 or whatever it was. <laughs> Amen. So Joseph was a teenage boy, 17 years old, okay? And uh he was number 11 son of Jacob, okay? And uh he was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with, with the sons of Bilhah, and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought his father their evil report. <laughs> okay? Uh, so Joseph, uh, he was honorable, he was trustworthy, and he was faithful. Okay? And uh, he served his father. And... Um, So, and then we get to verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Say, a coat of many colors. colors. See, you shouldn't play favoritism in your family. And Jacob had a blended family. He had four wives and 12 kids. All right? And sometimes that caused problems. It was never, you know, God's original plan works best. One man, one woman. Right? When, 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 you, when you change that directive, you introduce problems. Anyway, Jacob fell in love with Rachel when he saw her. He had, he had left his home, and he, he went to his uncle's place named Laban. And there he met Rachel whom he loved, and so he loved her so much that he agreed to work for Laban for seven years for Rachel. You got to be in love. Amen? When you say, I'm going to work for you for seven years for your daughter, that's love. Amen? He answered the question, what's love got to do with it? (laughs) And he was so much in love that those seven years uh, didn't seem much. And when the time came for him to be with Rachel, uh, he was tricked, and he got Leah. And so he agreed to work for another seven years, and uh, so now he had two eyes. But see, Rachel was the one that Jacob loved. Rachel was the one that, uh, you know, Jacob uh, put in the effort for. And Rachel couldn't have kids. And it wasn't until towards the end of her life when Jacob was a little bit older that Rachel finally conceived, and the son out of that relationship, his name was Joseph, all right? Now, Joseph means increase or addition, okay? When Leah was giving birth, uh, she conceived, and this is Genesis thirty twenty three. She conceived and gave birth to a son, and she said, God has taken away my disgrace and humiliation. Uh, she named him Joseph, may he add, and said, may the Lord add to me another. So it was after Joseph was born that Jacob began to increase, okay? Let me just uh, show you that uh, in Genesis 30:27. Uh, Laban had learned that the Lord had blessed him because of Jacob, okay? When you have a son and you name him increase, guess what? You're going to increase. So it was in Genesis 30 where Jacob finally agreed for his final wages, okay? Okay? He said, I'm going to get all the speckled and spotted sheep, and they'll be my wages. If there's any uh, white sheep or black sheep, you know that I've I've stolen from you. So what did Laban do? He took all the speckled and spotted sheep with his son in a three-day's journey. All right? And to make a long story short, God gave Jacob a vision or a dream on how to increase speckled and spotted sheep. Everybody say speckled and spotted. A speckled sheep has multiple colors on it. Okay? That's, a, that's an important concept. You're going to know why in just a moment. So Jacob had this dream of seeing speckled and spotted sheep. So when Laban took all the, the speckled and spotted goats and uh, female goats away, Jacob created his own speckled and spotted sheep. Right? He, he stripped some poplar branches he made them look like a barber pole, right? Red, blue, red, red, white, blue, red, right? blue, right? And he put those in front of the sheep. And when the sheep came to mate and they saw these poplar trees, they began producing speckled and spotted sheep, right? Now, Jacob only did this for the strong sheep. He didn't do it for the weak sheep. So now, Jacob had all the strong sheep and Laban had all the weak sheep, okay? It was at this time when Joseph was born that Jacob began to prosper, and Jake, and Joseph was the son of the wife whom he loved, okay. And uh, <clears throat> Genesis thirty forty three, the Bible says Jacob became exceedingly prosperous. Everybody, everybody say exceedingly prosperous. How many would like to be exceedingly prosperous? You know, you can exceed limits with God. Hallelujah! We ought to get excited about that. All right. Genesis 31, Laban's sons also witnessed that Jacob had accumulated all this wealth. Okay. And uh, uh, Laban's countenance toward Jacob was uh, fallen. So now we come to Genesis 37. And I want you to know that out of an extreme love, everybody say an extreme extreme love, Jacob gave his son Joseph a multicolored coat. All right? It could have been, it was probably a long tunic with long sleeves that was down. It could have been embroidered, right? But it had multiple colors, right? And those multiple colors have a divine significance. Everybody's saying, you know, I wish my dad had given me a coat of many colors. I'm I'm here to tell you that he did. Why did he give it to you? Because he loves you. God loves you so much that he gave you your own coat of multicolors, and we're going to see what that is in just a minute. All right? A multicolored coat that's multilayered. It was intricate. It was multidimensional, right? It was a visible, tangible expression of love, right? Jacob gave it to him, and his brothers could see it on him. And his brothers didn't like when they saw it on him, right? Because it distinguished Joseph. It set Joseph apart. It showed every other brother that he was the favorite. And he wore that thing. Every time he went to see his brothers, it was like a fashion show. I don't know. And here's Joseph on the line. And I want you to notice that Jacob made it for him. It was tailor-made. It was specifically designed for Joseph. It was intricate, okay? Now, it's not uncommon for God to make clothes. When Adam and Eve sinned, and they were in the garden, and they tried to cover their sin with fig leaves, what did God do? God committed the first sacrifice, killed the first animal, and he covered Adam and Eve with skins. He covered their sin, amen, with clothing. Hallelujah. Okay? Are you with me so far? So when God marks you with his love, he distinguishes you, he favors you, and he makes you special and unique. Say, I'm special. Say, I'm unique. Hallelujah. And we talked about how God purchased you, right? Glory to God. So a coat of many colors. It was one of variety, showing many colors. Go with me to Exodus 28. Exodus 28, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God, I'm so excited. I'm just setting you up, by the way, of what the real place I want to go to is. Sometimes I get a little anxious, I get ahead of myself. Exodus 28, and uh, verse 2, he's talking about the priests. That served, it was, Aaron was chosen and all of his family line was chosen to serve as priests in the tabernacle and in the temple. Verse 2, Exodus 28, verse 2. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and beauty. Everybody say, "For for glory and beauty. Not only were they functional, but they were for glory and beauty. Oh, hallelujah. Are you a priest? God made you, God clothes you for glory and beauty. Hallelujah. He makes you look good. All right, let's read on. And you shall speak unto all that are wise hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. The priest's garments were tailor made for the priest. They were made by spirit filled seamstresses, or tailors. Amen. God put his spirit into these people to make these things. Did you know that you could be a spirit-filled craftsman? God, God, the Holy Spirit can anoint you for whatever you need to do. Amen. Whatever God's called you to do, he's anointed you to do it. Hallelujah. All right. Verse, verse four. These are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate and an ephod and a robe and a broidered coat of miter or uh, uh, priestly garment and a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron, uh, your brother, and his sons that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. They shall take gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. Sounds to me like it's multicolored. Sounds to me like it's multidimensional. Sounds to me like God put a lot of things in one thing. Amen? To put a distinguishing mark on his people and his servants. All right? Verse 6, And they shall make the ephod of gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen with cunning work, with skillful work, artistic work. God is an artiste. He loves to design things. All right, verse 7, it shall have a two-shoulder piece thereof jointed at the two edges, and it shall be joined together, and the, the curious girdle of the ephod which is upon it shall be of the same according to the work thereof, even of gold, blue, purple, scarlet, and finally, notice again, multicolored, multidimensional. This was kind of like the coat that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Amen. And Joseph's coat, oh, hallelujah, it's a type of God's grace. God's grace can come on someone. God's grace can be deposited in someone. Hallelujah. And God, Jacob, gave grace to Joseph because he loved him. God gave us grace to us because he loves us. Grace, his ability, his power, his blessing, his goodness comes to us because of love and it empowers. It is tailor God's grace is tailor made for every one of you. It perfectly fits you and it will last longer than a lifetime. Go with me to first Peter. Chapter 4. And now we're about to make the connection. Woohoo! This is different for me today. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at verse 10. Mm. Joseph's coat was a gift from his father. Just like God's grace is a gift to us from our father. The way God gives grace is the way Jacob gave Joseph his coat. Same way. It, it speaks of the same thing. It, it ha, it's, the, it's a picture of the Old Testament, but what's happening in the New. All right, verse 10. 1 Peter four ten. As every man has received the gift. Is God a giver? Does he give good things? He, listen, God gives good gifts. He's given to every one of us a gift, the gift of Jesus Christ. Right? He gave the world the gift of Jesus Christ. Not everybody has received the gift, but I'm speaking to a lot of people here today who have received that gift. Amen? Every man, everybody say every man. Okay, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. The reason God gave you a gift is so that you can help someone else, so that you can serve someone else, so that you can minister to someone else. Actually, the word minister means servant. The word minister means servant. So whenever the Bible says minister, he's talking about serving. Okay? As good stewards... Of the manifold grace of God. Everybody say the manifold grace of God. The manifold means multicolored. It means variety. It's the same thing. God's given us a manifold grace just like Joseph got a multicolored coat. Every color speaks of a gift that God gives you. He splashes you with red. He splashes you with purple. He splashes you with green. He splashes you with silver. He splashes you with gold. He splashes you with what, yellow, whatever color you like, whatever color suits your gift. He, he puts it on you, and it fits perfectly. And you're supposed to wear it wherever you go. Why? Because it's God's distinguishing mark. I have set my favor on you. I have set my mark on you. I have set my calling on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everywhere Joseph wore that coat, people knew that that was Jacob's son because it distinguished him. And do you realize it was after he received the coat that he began to dream. Once you get God's grace, he starts to open up spiritual things to you. When God's grace comes into your life, things you begin to see things. You begin to know things. You begin to hear things that you haven't heard before. Re- read the Bible. After he was given the coat, then he, then he says, then he dreamed a dream. God was, giving him a, 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 God was giving Joseph a picture. Now that my grace is on you, I can show you where I'm taking you. I can show you what I want you to do. After he got the grace, that's when he started to dream. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So because God loved you, he gave you a coat, a garment, a covering, his enabling grace, his manifold grace. His grace has many dimensions. It has many functions. It has many operations, but it all comes from God. And that grace began to operate in Joseph's life, it began to work in Joseph's life. And we're going to see how that grace worked his entire life. All right. And his enabling grace shows you his desire, your destiny and a dream, a picture of the right image of what you were created to be and where God has taken you. Say, you know, God's taken you somewhere. You're not just here occupying space. God's got a purpose and a plan for you. Actually, he's got multiple plans for you. And it doesn't matter your age. Moses did not start doing his plan until he was 80. John the Baptist started in the womb. I think that covers us all. Anyone in between, right? Whether you're in the womb or you're 80, you can still do God's plan. Amen? Amen. Age has nothing to do with it. Faith has everything to do with it. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Mm. Go with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. So the coat that Joseph got is the grace that we get today. It's a picture and a type and a shadow of God's grace. John 1 verse 16. The gospel of John 1 verse 16. And of his fullness have all we received grace for grace. That's blessing for blessing, gift for gift, goodness for goodness. God, God gives it to us because God is gracious. And the grace that he gives to us, the grace that comes from a gracious God, it enables us, it powers us, it favors us, it gives us good things. God's grace is his goodness, it's his favor, it's his blessing. It's a divine influence upon the heart and the reflect of it on its, on your life. It's unmerited favor. It's more than just unmerited favor. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Hallelujah. All right, Okay. Of his fullness, does it say we're going to receive? We have all received. Grace for grace. Jesus came to the earth. When Jesus came to the earth, everyone had access to him. But not everybody got their gift. Amen? But they have access to the gift. There's a gift waiting for them. They just got to come and get it. All right, verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by who? Who? Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Go to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Mm. I'm like a horse at the gate, ready for it to go bang, and I'm I'm gone. Hallelujah. Isaiah 61 verse 10. <laughs> Woo! This really could be shouting close. Verse 10, Isaiah 61, I will rejoice a little bit. What does it say? Do we know how to greatly rejoice? Notice, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. If you can't find anything else to rejoice about, you can rejoice in the Lord. Because he's always good. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. Oh, hallelujah. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness, and I guarantee you that salvation and righteousness has multiple colors in it. Why does it have multiple colors? It can go with anything that you're wearing. It can go with any function that you attend. Multiple colors. Covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself out. I'm telling you, when it's your wedding day, you get decked out. Amen? Say, I'm decked out with Jesus. You, and when you're decked out with Jesus, you can deck out the devil. As a bride adorns herself with her jewels... On the priest's garment, there were multiple jewels, multiple colors. You know what? God's grace looks like a rainbow trout. I said that for the fishermen. Or God's grace is like the rainbow in the sky, multiple colors. Amen? God's a colorful God. He's not some dull, drab God. He's exciting. He's vibrant. He's full of life. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. So, I want to talk to you today, based on Joseph's coat, I want to talk to you about different things that the grace of God does for your life. Amen? Okay, i got to hold that thought. Go with me to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. And look at verse 11. You're going to just see a few things, because grace is m- manifold; it's multi-dimensional; uh, it's it's a variety; it's it's it has a lot of things, but it's just it's the same God, Amen. Yes. Different functions, but the same God. And uh, Psalm 84, verse 11. You're going to find that uh, grace is freely given. For the Lord God is a son. And a shield. He's a provider and a protector. For the Lord will give grace. Say the Lord will give grace. And glory. No good thing will he withhold. From them that walk uprightly. See. If you want to benefit from the grace of God. That he freely gives. You've got to walk right. Live right. Do right. Because. You can receive the grace of God in vain. But we're not here to talk about that today. You can short-circuit the grace of God through sin. And we're going to see Joseph had many times to become bitter, to become resentful to become to hate his brothers. He had multiple reasons why he should hate because he, he wanted the grace of God, so he kept his right attitude. He never got bitter. He never resented what his brother did. He never hated his brother. He ended up saving his brothers. He ended up forgiving his brothers. That was by the grace of God. Hallelujah. So grace is freely given. For the Lord gives grace... Does he give it in restricted amounts? No. God, see, you know why he calls it amazing grace? Because it really is amazing. God gives it to you. What could you do for grace? Nothing. It's a free gift. By grace, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right? Say grace is freely given. Hallelujah. Go to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. So one facet, one color of grace is that it's freely given to you. It's a free gift. You can't earn it. You didn't necessarily deserve it, but God gave it to you because he loves you. Amen? Just like Joseph got his coat because Jacob loved him. It was a sign of love. It was a gift of love. It was a deposit of love. Right? All right, Psalm 145, starting with verse 8. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. Do you know that it takes a lot to get God ticked off? He is full of compassion. He is gracious. He is slow to anger. Everybody say slow to anger. anger. God's not looking for ways to judge you, He's looking for ways to show mercy to you. God, he's slow to anger. Right? That's grace. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all. He makes the, the, the rain fall on the just and the unjust. Amen? He's good to all. And it's the goodness of God that leads someone to repentance. The goodness of God goes before them and leads them to Repentance. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Tender mercies. And all thy works should praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. Amen? So grace is freely given. All right? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You getting something out of this today? And look at verse 10. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Grace has the ability to enable you. It can empower you to do things for God. Okay? It's an enabler. Alright? Another facet or another color of grace is that it enables you. It empowers you. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds thereon, but let every man take heed how he builds thereon. For no foundation can anyone lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. All right? So Paul... He was called by God to be an apostle, one sent out to go and start works, and Paul would go to where the gospel had never been preached, and he would preach to that place, and he, people would get saved, and he would set up a church, and he would build that church, and then he would put a pastor in that church, and he'd go somewhere else. And he would do the same thing. He would preach the gospel. He would lay the foundation. And people would, be, people would get saved. He might stay there for a, a time to help them get started. But then he would put a pastor in. And he would, Timothy was a pastor. Titus was a pastor. Right? Apollos was another associate of Paul. Paul had many associates. They were pastors whom he put over these churches. And, and Paul would have to pastor for a time until a pastor would come. But he would lay the foundation. How, how did he, where did he get the skill to lay the foundation? Because of the grace of God that was given unto him. It was the grace, it was the enabling power of God that caused him to go and lay a foundation. He became a wise master builder in the spiritual realm. What was he before he was a wise master builder? He was a demolisher. He was a demolition team. He would destroy the church. Instead of build the church. So the grace of God came into his life and changed him from a destroyer to a builder. Hallelujah. What can God's grace do for you? Everybody say enabling grace. Okay. That's another color, another facet, another dimension of grace. All right. Go to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. See, just as Joseph's coat had many colors, God's grace has many facets, many functions. Okay? Hallelujah. Acts 4, verse 33. With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great what was upon them? Everybody say great grace was upon just a few of them? See, it was the great grace that gave them great power that caused great miracles. It was the enabling grace that caused them to do great things for God. It's God's power working in you and working through you. It's the enabling grace. It's another color of the coat that God gave you because he loves you. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right? Oh yeah, (laughs) go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You're going to laugh at the statement that God gave me for this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In order for um, nuclear power to work, they have to enrich uranium, right, or plutonium. But it has to be enriched. Guess what? God enriches his body. He charges you like uranium and plutonium in a nuclear reaction. Oh, hallelujah. First Corinthians 1, 4. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in utterance and in all knowledge as the testimony of Christ was confirmed to you. Say, I'm enriched. Woo! When that uranium gets charged, there's a nuclear reaction and the nuclear reaction produces power. Hallelujah. It's the reaction that causes the power of God to flow. We got a reaction. Grace gives us a reaction. It enriches us in all things. Hallelujah. Something's happened at VCF. Saints are getting enriched. Hallelujah. You're getting powered up. You're getting charged, supercharged! Hallelujah! Why? We got a community to win. All right, go to Second Corinthians 12. Hallelujah! Second Corinthians 12. Woo. All this from one coat? I don't know. Maybe it's going to have to take two coats or three coats. We're, we're, we're going to have to paint you up good. Amen. We're going to have to. Listen, we need to go paint the town red with the blood of Jesus. Might take one or two coats. Amen. That's all right. We got a rainbow of color to choose from. Hallelujah. While we're multifaceted, we, we got the manifold grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 12. <laughs> Paul had a thorn in the flesh. It was not an actual thorn or he could use tweezers and pull it out. Okay? It's amazing how scholars debate what the thorn in the flesh was. It was some eye disease. No. It was some infirmity. No, it was a messenger of Satan to buffet Paul. That's what it means to buffet to beat. Everywhere Paul went, he got beat up. That's why he, Luke had to write the book of Acts because Paul needed a physician and the great physician. All right. See, the thorn of the flesh was a messenger of Satan to buffet Paul. Because he tried to beat Paul up so the revelation wouldn't get out. Okay? All right? Verse 9. So Paul sought the Lord for about three times for this thing. And God responded, verse 9, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Then Paul said, most gladly will I, I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Let me tell you something. Say, God's grace is sufficient. Any trial that you go through, God's grace is sufficient. Any challenge that you face, God's grace is sufficient. Any, any foe that opposes you, God's grace is sufficient. That means it's more than enough. It's able to do. It's able to propel you over. It's, it'll cause you to overcome. It causes you to get the victory. Why? God's grace enables you. Amen? Hallelujah. It's another color. It's another facet of grace. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm having a good time today. Preaching the word. Say the manifold grace of God. Different colors. Different design. But same God. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith. I like to say it this way God's grace is the offer of what He's offering you, faith is the acceptance of you receiving the offer. Grace is the offer, faith is the acceptance of the offer. By grace are you saved through faith. No one can save themselves. No one can buy their, their way into salvation. No one can be good enough to be saved, so you need it from someone else. It has to be a gift that comes from someone else. Salvation is a gift from God. God tailor made salvation for you, it fits you perfectly. Guaranteed to never wear out. Matter of fact, it's guaranteed for eternity if you stick with God. Now, mind you, we don't believe in once saved, always saved. You can't be saved and and never live for God and never do anything for God and still keep yourself You know, you can walk out the same door you came in. Isn't that what Satan did? He was an angel in heaven until iniquity was found in his heart, and he wanted to exalt himself against God. So what happened? Doink. He got kicked out of heaven. That's what the Bible says. Jesus had a front row seat. He he told his disciples, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Kaboom. He fell so quick and so fast. Amen? Amen. Satan was in the perfect environment, but yet he sinned. Adam and Eve were in the perfect environment. They had no sin. Sin was not in the earth. They brought sin into the earth through sinning, through disobeying God. There was a time when sin wasn't in this earth. But but once sin came in, it infected the whole world, and every man, every person after Adam and Eve was born into sin. Until you meet Jesus, then 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 you get born again. So by grace, that's saving grace. Grace enables. Grace is freely given, and grace saves. Everybody say saving grace. That's another color on the coat. That's another facet. It's another function. By grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. See, the New Testament tells us to put on Christ. Christ is our multicolored coat. That was given to Joseph. Romans, I think it's 1310. It says, be clothed in Christ. Did you, did you wear your anointing today? Did you put on the anointing today? Amen. That yoke destroying, burden removing power of God. Amen. Y'all are looking good today. You must, you must have wore your, your grace today. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you got your robe on? Amen. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, I think. Let me see if that's correct. Yeah. Look at the saving grace that Paul experienced. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. Notice that phrase, enabled me. For he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious. That means an evil speaker. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. And grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. So think about this. Paul was a persecutor, a blasphemer, an evil speaker, right? He was a Christian terrorist. And so he's going on the road to Damascus. He got letters from, from the synagogue to persecute Christians, okay? And he meets Jacob's descendant, Jesus, on the road to Damascus. And Jesus looks at Paul and he says, why are you kicking against the pricks? He said, Paul, the the clothes that you're wearing aren't going to work for what I've got for you to do. I'm going to give you a new garment. I'm going to give you a new robe. I'm going to clothe you with myself. I'm going to clothe you in Christ. So Paul, he's blinded, right, for three days. What else are you going to do when you're blind? Pray. (laughs) Amen? Amen. So for three days, he fasted and he prayed. And God, he speaks to a man named Ananias. And he says, Ananias, I want you to go. He gave him the exact address, the exact location of where Paul was, right? And you can read about this in Acts 9. And Ananias was a little bit reluctant. He said, Lord, I know of his reputation. Lord said, don't worry. He's a chosen vessel unto me. He goes in. He lays his hands on Paul. Ananias lays his hands on Paul. Scales fell from his eyes. He got an upgrade in clothing right there. Right there. He took off the old man. He put on the new man. Not only did he have hands laid on him, scales fell from his eyes. He was baptized with water and filled with the Holy Ghost. That was a triple that was a, a a triple deal, right? Three and three and one combo, right? Great. Hands laid on, scales fall off. Get baptized in water, you're cleansed from sin, and you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You're you, you got the you got the garment of grace on you right now. Yeah. And what did Paul do? Man, he started to preach the gospel. He started to proclaim, right? Great. That's the saving grace of God. It turned a blasphemer, an evil speaker and an injurious person into a preacher of good news, a planter of churches, a builder of the body of Christ. That's what the grace of God can do. Amen? It's got many facets, many colors, many dimensions, but it's the grace of God. It's all in one coat, and the coat is Christ. Christ is our coat, and, and the Bible instructs us that we got to put on Christ every day. Amen? Don't we have to put on the armor? Hallelujah. Okay? Go to Acts chapter 14. Another color, another facet of grace is that it enables you to serve. It enables you to serve. Acts 14 verse uh, 26. Acts 14 verse 26. And there they sailed to Antioch from where they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. Everybody say the work. When God gives you grace, he enables you to serve in the work of the kingdom. You have to serve somewhere in the kingdom. You have to be an active servant. You know, um, it may not be as prominent now, but the United States has a draft, right? Selective service. When you're 18, right, you got to sign up at the post office, say, I'm 18, I'm eligible. If, if the country needs me, you can draft me, right? Huh. Are you going to go in draft number one or draft number two? But uh, it's, it's to serve the country if needed. If we're at war or if there's an invasion, right, the country can call you up to serve. What about the church? We don't have a selective service, but, you know, God expects you that once you get the grace of God and you see how well it fits you, you need to start doing something for God in his kingdom. Amen? You've got to find st- something to do in the church Something to serve uh, mankind. Amen? Say, I got to serve. Why? Because the grace enables you to serve. It causes you to serve. Amen? That's what grace does. Grace is unselfish. Grace puts others first. Okay? For the work which they fulfilled. Verse 27. When they were come, they gathered the church together. That's work. They rehearsed all that God had done. They had a testimony service. They gathered the worker, they gathered the church together. They had a testimony service telling all that God had done. Right? And how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles, and there they abode a long time with the disciples. They were teaching and praising God. That was work. Amen? Say, I've been made to work for God. Alright, go to Romans chapter 12. This is the manifold grace of God all from a coat. Hallelujah. One coat. You only need one coat for your wardrobe. Hallelujah. Why? It goes with anything and it fits you perfectly. It doesn't show off your bad stuff. It only shows off, it only highlights your good things. Romans 12 verse 3. For I say to you, "...through the grace given unto me, every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office." So we, being many, are one body in Christ... And everyone members of one another. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace of God that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy. If your gift is to prophesy, then prophesy. If your gift is to administrate, then administrate. Right? According to the proportion of faith. Uh, Verse 7, or ministry, that's helps, that's service. If you like to serve people, then serve them. Let us wait on our own ministry. He that teaches on teaching. I'm using my gift right now. I use my gift to serve in that capacity. This is the capacity that God called me to, that God equipped me to. So this is my function. Not everybody has the same function, and that's okay because we're a body. We're a multi-variety, multi-colored body, and when we all work together, God's work gets done. Look around. We're all different, aren't we? We look different, we have different personalities, not one fingerprint in this room is the same. That's how unique God made us. But yet, in our uniqueness, he gave the same grace to us all. And we need to use that grace to do whatever we need to do with it. Amen? And then finally, go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Hallelujah. Oh pass it up. Romans chapter five. So the, the, the variety of grace, it's freely given, it empowers you, it enables you, it saves you, it helps you serve, and grace will help you stand. You know, sometimes you gotta stand. Amen? Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, being justified by God. How many have been justified by God? That means just as if you've never sinned. You've been made righteous. You've been made holy because you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen? Say, He's talking to me. Okay? Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice everything comes through Jesus, Jesus is the coat. He's he's the source, right? He's the author and the finisher. Everything comes through Jesus. All right? It comes comes from the Father, but through Jesus to us. Hallelujah. All right? By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we what? Stand and rejoice in the hope of God. Sometimes you're going to have to stand against an enemy. Sometimes you're going to have to stand against what's wrong. Sometimes you're just going to have to stand, and having done all to stand, stand. You're going to have to trust God no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what people are saying. You're going to have to stand your ground and trust God, and grace enables you to stand. Grace gives you the power to not be moved, to not be pushed around, to not be pushed over. It will cause you to stand and stand strong. Stand as long as you need. Amen? How many are standing on the promises of God? Amen? The only way to bring a promise to pass is to stand on it. That means you hold it with every ounce of your being. You mean it can't go any other way but what that promise said. I'm abiding by the promise. You don't consult your body, you consult the promise. You don't consult your friend, you consult the promise. Abraham had to stand on the promise that he was going to be a father. 25 years of standing. He stood. There were times when he wobbled, but he was a weevil. He didn't fall down. Growing up, I had these little things called weebles. They had a round bottom. And their phrase was, "Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. You can push them over and they just pop right back up because they had a round bottom. See? And when we're, when we're well-rounded Christians, the enemy can't push us down because we'll just, he pushes us over, we'll just pop right back up. And eventually the enemy will get tired of pushing. Amen? God's grace makes us weebles. The ability to stand. And not get pushed over, not get pushed around. Amen. Hallelujah! <laughs> All right, Second Thessalonians chapter two. Second Thessalonians chapter two. Hallelujah! My goodness, where does the time go? Verses fifteen, Second Thessalonians two fifteen. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. That means be firm. Everybody say stand firm. firm. Okay? Stand firm, stand fast, and hold the traditions which you have been taught. Not he's talking about good traditions, not bad traditions. There are some traditions that are good. Communion is a good tradition. Amen whether by word or our epistle, now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which has loved us and given us everlasting consolation, which is grace and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good work and word. God's grace can establish you. Amen? Dr. Fiona and I have stood here Because of the grace of God. Were there times when we didn't feel like standing? Yeah, but we didn't consult our feelings. We stood anyway. Was it hard? Yeah, it was hard. But we're here because of the grace of God. Amen? And then finally, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Notice what he told a young pastor. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. If he's telling someone to be strong, then you can be weak in the grace. How do you be weak in grace? You put more emphasis in natural things and yourself than you do in the power of God. You rely more on your experience than you do in God's revelation. That's how you be weak in God's grace. Being strong in God's grace is, you did it, Lord. I couldn't do it without you. You did it. Even Jesus said, there's nothing I can do, do by myself. So Jesus relied on the grace of God, didn't he? Because he said, everything I say, I hear my father say. Everything I do, I see my father do. He was relying on the grace of God. Amen? And, you know, you, you could see clearly the, the grace of God in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are a variety of gifts, different ministries, and different functions, but it's the same Father, same Holy Ghost, same Lord. But the, you see the variety, right? There's nine different gifts of the Spirit, but the, the, so that's a variety. That's like nine colors on a coat, right? But that's the grace of God, amen? Now, let me just tell you how the grace helped Joseph. You know, the first thing his brothers did... When they tried to get rid of Joseph, they took his coat. They stripped him of his coat. And even though Joseph lost his coat, he didn't lose the grace. And they dipped that coat in blood. How did Jesus save you? He shed his blood. He's coming back as a king whose robe was dipped in blood. So how did the grace of God... Work in Joseph's life. Everybody say his whole life. Grace worked when his brothers couldn't kill him. Because Reuben intervened. Said don't kill him, throw him in a pit. Grace got him to Egypt as a slave. But because he had the grace of God, he didn't see himself as a slave. He didn't think he was a slave. He didn't work like a slave. And it was the grace of God because the Bible said God was with him. That's grace. In Potiphar's house, God was with him, and the slave prospered. Why? That was the grace of God, working. And Joseph, with his right attitude, right living, cooperating with the grace of God. How many know you got to cooperate with the grace of God? OK? So he's working. He gets promoted. That was the grace of God. The Potiphar' saw. The results of the grace. He saw the prosperity. He saw the increase. He saw that whatever Joseph did, it boomed. I'm putting him in charge. That was the grace of God working in Joseph's life. Then he was falsely accused. He was sent to prison. But the grace of God was with him in the prison. Why? He got promoted in the prison. Grace of God working in his life. In the prison, he's interpreting dreams. He's using his gift. That's the grace of God. How many know you can still use your gift in the worst of circumstances? Joseph's gift was to interpret dreams, and in the prison, he interpreted dreams. He said, oh, I'm, I'm a prisoner. I can't interpret dreams. It's not the right setting. No, your gift works in every setting. Then Pharaoh had a dream no one could interpret. Oh, but or wait, no. After he interpreted the dreams, he told the person who lived, the cupbearer, he said, Remember me. Forgotten two years. He spent an extra two years in prison. Joseph was in Egypt for 13 years now. He went when he was 17, and now he's 30. 13 years. The grace of God is working, the grace of God is faithful, the grace of God is, is sustaining providing, protecting. Even when bad things happen, the grace of God is still working. Then Pharaoh calls him up. He calls the dreamer from the bullpen. I need a right-hander. Come on. So Joseph comes up, interprets the dream. How did he get that... Even Pharaoh recognized, how can we find anybody who has the Spirit of God in it like Joseph? He, he See, people see, just like the brothers saw the coat, people see the results of the grace on your life. And now he's in the prime position of prime minister. Now, he's prospering. He, he That's the grace of God. And his brothers come. They don't know it's him, right? Series of events. Israel now has 70 people. Everybody say 70. So when, when, when it's all said and done, Joseph reveals himself, right? He's gracious to his brothers. He's kind to his brothers that, that betrayed him, that sold him into slavery, that threw him in the pit, that hated him. You know, his brothers hated him so much that they had no good thing to say to him. They were jealous of the grace of God. See, when God's grace comes on you, people will get jealous who aren't close to God. Be prepared for it. You're going to prosper with persecution. That's in the Bible. Yay! But because you got the grace of God, you can withstand persecution. So, Jacob comes. Joseph prospered so much that not only is he able to take care of his wife and two sons, he's also able to provide for his father and 70 people. How would you like to have 70 house guests? Okay. Jacob came to Israel when he was 130, and he was there for 17 years. God's grace made up the difference because when Joseph was 17, he, he left his father, and his father thought he was dead. God made up for the lost time. So Jacob got to spend 17 years with Joseph that he didn't get to spend before. Why? Why? The grace of God. You could follow it all throughout Joseph's life. That grace of God kept working. That grace of God didn't lose power. God's grace didn't lose anything. It was still working in his life, his whole life. Amen? Now, we know that God doesn't hang out with complainers, whiny babies, or grumblers. So if Joseph would have done any of that, God would not have been with him. But the Bible, it's recorded in the Bible forever that God was with him. That means God's grace was with him. Amen? Jesus said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Now, even if you walk with God and mess up and you make a mistake, there's grace to bring you back. Amen? Grace and mercy work together. Because Mercy gets you right. Grace gets you the goods. Once you're right with the mercy, you can receive the goods. Amen? That's the manifold grace of God. All from a coat. It's a long tail. But you can see how multifaceted God's grace is. It can function a lot of different ways. It can operate In many different kinds of ways. But it's the same grace. Amen. Amen. And I know that you need the grace of God today in your life. There's grace to be healed. There's grace to be made free. There's grace to be made strong. There's grace to be saved. If you're here today and and you're not saved, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you need to know him. Amen. You need to know that when you you die, you're going to spend eternity in heaven. And the only way you you can know that is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, I would love to introduce you to Him. If you're here today and uh, you just need help in your life, you need direction in your life, you need strength in your life, you need healing in your body, come up for prayer in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God's grace can handle it. If you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, there's grace to be filled. Amen. And, boys, it tastes good. God's filling is good. Hallelujah.